You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Howdy. And if you're a regular listener, you know that our dog training organization is called Kindred Spirits Dog Training. We're in Vista, California. That's northern San Diego County. And dog training, obviously, is a very important part of our lives, our profession, our our passion. So we do hear about other trainers. We do get calls from people who are looking for a trainer, sometimes for something specific. And so we want to talk about that a little bit today. When you're looking for a trainer, what should you look for? What questions should you ask? What should you see? What should set off alarm bells? So take a moment, listen to our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, more to be exact. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back. Let's talk about why you're looking for a dog trainer. That should be one of the first things because why you're looking for a trainer can also affect 
what kind of trainer you work with and part of what you should be asking questions for. Now, obviously, a lot of times people are looking for a trainer because they have a brand new puppy. Puppy class. I love puppy class. It's a chance to get to their brains while they still have a lot of blank slate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can still form a lot of ideas and do that socialization with them in proper settings under supervision. It's just such an important critical time in a puppy's development. Now, in puppy class, we offer the AKC Puppy Star Program. And we like that. I mean, our curriculum isn't totally based on that because we were doing puppy classes long before the Puppy Star, but we have incorporated the Puppy Star. It gives us a framework that meshed well with what we were already using, and then it gives owners of puppies a certification, something more than just our school diploma, a national certificate that their puppies well, are and, puppies and maybe too some motivation a goal to work towards and hopefully wetting their appetite to continue on the education so that their dog eventually becomes a canine good citizen well you know one thing it does also makes them think of what the responsibility of a puppy is mm-hmm. just a couple times recently talking just to puppy parents you know, I was like, oh, yeah, exercise. Oh, yeah, okay, you can do this, you know, as they get older, more activity and so on. Kind of gets them to think also in the future. And one of the things that I think bothers me the most is one of the things that the AKC Puppy Star Program asks for is identification. We've had a number of puppies that at the end of the puppy class, when they take the Puppy Star test, they still haven't gotten an ID tag. That's well, such an easy... So, yeah. yeah. Really, I, I, I go to a pet store and have a little kiosk Well, and thing. let's say it's STAR. They call it Puppy STAR. Right. But it stands for S, socialization, T, training, A, activity, mm-hmm. R, responsibility. Right. So it's starting off the owners on the right foot of being good dog owners so that they have good dog citizens when they're grown up. Right. And responsibility is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Having your puppies properly labeled... Mm-hmm. So they can hopefully be returned to sender right. if something happens. Right. The responsibility of creating enough activity in the puppies. Mm-hmm. If any of you want to see more on the Puppy Star program, if you go to the AKC's website, www.akc.org, I believe it's on the left-hand side of their homepage, lists their programs, and you can click on the, the Puppy Star program. Although it's sponsored by the American Kennel Club, it is open to dogs of all breeds. Right, right. Another reason why dog owners are looking for class, older puppies or adolescents with Teenagers. (laughs) Teenagers, yeah. So many of the pups, the young dogs that we see in our basic obedience class are teenagers. They went from being this cute, little, fluffy, adorable puppy that wants to be with you to, uh, excuse me, talk to the paw. I'll get back to you later. Right. That's when they come to see us. Yeah. Yeah. Barking, digging, chewing, jumping on people, pulling on the leash, charging out the open door. Not coming when called. Digging holes in the backyard, mouthing and biting. You know, all typical adolescent and young dog problems, which... Do not, contrary to public opinion, do not go away when the dog grows up. But if they're self-rewarding enough, they turn into habits. And then we have adult dogs with these problems. So there's a lot of reasons why dog owners and puppy owners can look for a class. 
and then hopefully later on continue with more specialized rally, agility, herding, canine good citizen, tribal, whatever. You got your, you get your basic training. You your avenue. Every, doors yeah. are open. So puppy is things. preschool, basic is elementary, yeah. high school. Yeah. And then you get to go on to college, college. and do the fun stuff, mm-hmm. specialize. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how to find a trainer. Well, talk to your vets. A lot of vets um, have trainers they refer to. Ours, we love our vet. So preschool, um, elementary school, and high school, puppy and basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ask mm-hmm. those people who see a lot of students. Right. Who see puppy owners and their and their puppies and their dogs. Mm-hmm. I grew up moving from town to town a lot, so stopping people on the street. You have a nice, well-behaved dog. How did that happen? Yeah. Where did you go? you go? Who mm-hmm. did you learn from? I just went through a stack of our registration forms and was making notes on referrals. And by far, the most common referrals were from previous students. I mean, overwhelmingly. Word of mouth is is huge. Right. People, they spread it fast. We do get a lot from our website. We do get a lot from people Google on the Internet. We get a lot from quite a few of the local veterinarians. But overwhelmingly, it's uh, previous students. So, And that means a satisfied customer, right. to be uh-huh. so blatant about right. it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we've had a few people, dog owners, who have called us and said, <laughs> almost angrily, we were told to call kindred spirits, to call only kindred spirits, and to call you right away, and everyone said to call kindred spirits. <laughs> We've had several of those recently. <laughs> like one guy ran in, one guy, three, two, three people, and within yeah. one day of walking his dog, all referred him to us. <laughs> so again, word of mouth, previous students. Well, and one of our philosophies is dogs don't have to pull on the leash. They can be taught, you know, blah, blah, blah. So go out and show people. And I think the implied thing is there, if you see someone who's being dragged down the street by their dog, let them know there's help available. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right, so why you come to class, usually there's a need. Usually there's something that you want to accomplish with your dog, either as a puppy, socialization, an adolescent or young adult dog, you've got a behavior problem. Or there's bizarre, I mean, uh, or I should say lesser numbers, but I came here as a student. I had trained my own dog. Mm-hmm. She knew how to do the commands. I did not come here to learn how to teach the commands. Mm-hmm. I came here for the controlled situation in which to practice the commands around other people and dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I did it in a park or out and about in public, I would be dogs a little running. more tense. Dogs running off yeah. leash. Dogs coming yeah. into my dog's face, uh, disturbing my training. Everybody here was on the same page, all working to control their dog. Right. And then I just never left. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, get rid of me, bad Hold on a minute. We'll take a break for our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about what to look for when you do find a trainer. So hold on. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. 
plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Your groomer is going to hate me. Hi, I'm Allie McLennan. Join me for my Pet Life Radio show, Groom for Improvement. You're going to save time and money with these tips from my New York City grooming table. From product recommendations to do's and don'ts, I am going to hook you up. So just do me a favor and don't mention this to your groomer. Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back. All right. The first half of our show, we were talking about reasons why people look for a dog trainer. Now, say you've got some referrals, either from a neighbor, you've got some referrals from people walking well-behaved dogs out on the street, your veterinarian gave you a referral. Somehow, you found the name of a couple different trainers. Now, first thing to do is give them a call and talk to them. Or check out their website. Or check out their website. If they have one. The website, hopefully, if they have one, I should think most trainers nowadays should have a website. It should give some basics. What do they do? What kind of classes do they offer? Or do they do only private training or only behavior consultations or all of the above? What is their training philosophy? There are a lot of different training techniques and training philosophies out there. The standing joke that we use all the time, if you have 100 dog trainers in the room, the only thing they'll agree on is the other 99 are wrong in some way, form, shape, or technique. And really, nobody's wrong as long as the technique is humane and effective and the dog and owner both can work with it and read that humane and effective. But you have to be comfortable with the technique. So read the website, see if it's on there. Give the trainer a call and talk to him or her for a little bit. And find out, you know. And I love it when people call like that and ask. Do you use clickers? Some people are looking for clickers. Some people like me are actually kind of annoyed by clickers. Mm -hmm. So I explain I don't. I use a lot of the same methodology. You can use the voice Mm -hmm. as a marker. But I use a different kind of marker. Right. But if they are looking for clicker training, no, this is not the place to come. Right. So why waste my time and their time? Sure. Sure. And once you've had a discussion with the trainer, of course, ask if you can come watch a class. Leave your dog at home. We've had a few people bring dog with, and usually, you know, if they're looking for a trainer, the dog is a little bit out of control, and which is fine. That's why you're looking for a class. But when you come watch a class, leave your dog at home. And that way, one, you don't have to worry about your dog, and two, your dog isn't interrupting the class. 
because the class is being held for those people who are enrolled in it, not for you as an observer. But most trainers should welcome you to come watch. Just don't disturb the class. And I, if possible, encourage people to come twice. Sure. Once yeah. to an early That's first, second, or third week. I was about to say, exactly. Yeah. Find out what week they're on. Because you don't want to come at week six or seven when they're They're almost, perfect. They're, yeah, they're, they're great. Like, wow, these guys are great. You know, <laughs> Come at the very beginning, one first, second week, and then at the very end and see the change. See the progress they've yeah. made. And then after class is over, feel free to talk to some of the students. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy this training? Do you like it? Has it been effective? Would you come again? No trainer is going to make everyone happy. That's just not possible. But the students should be comfortable enough to talk to you and tell you what they think of the class. When you listen to the instructor talking, does it make sense? Does what they're saying make sense to you? Are you able to understand them, relate to them, just simply hear them? Is it a huge class? Is it too small a class? We had a consultation recently where they went to a group class, but nobody else had signed up, so there was only one dog. And they were looking for some socialization. They wanted to work around other dogs, and there was only one Mm -hmm. dog in the class. So it didn't get what one of the key aspects of the puppy class socialization Mm -hmm. that they were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other ones is like what we all do. We use our dogs for demos. Do they use their dogs for demos? How well trained are their dogs? Are their dogs happy to work? Mm-hmm. Are their dogs paying attention? Are the demo dogs eager to do it? Are they being dragged out? Are they out of control? You know, the instructor's dog should be the proof in the pudding. And even if the instructor has a puppy, for example, last year, three of us here at Kindred Spirits had puppies. And so our puppies were going through the same process that our students go through. Now, we have adult dogs, too, and we would often make that comparison. Bashir is eight years old. He's very well trained. He can demo everything and make it all look easy. But here's my puppy, Cisco. He's in the process of learning. You'll see him make mistakes. You'll see me help him. And you can see where we start from and where we're working towards. And I think that helps the students a lot. And that's part of what we do in the demoing. This is your finished project. This is your goal. Right. Make it have a visualization in your brain. This is what you're working towards. Now let's show you the reality of how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. It's you going to take training. Another one is if the trainer or the instructor takes your dog or takes one of the students' dogs. You know, how do they handle that dog? You know, are they overpowering? Are they too gentle? Uh, you know, it depends. You know, For they... example, again, a student we had recently, they had gone to a class and they were very, very upset that the trainer, and they had a bull mastiff puppy, had overpowered the bull mastiff puppy to the point that he was simply laying on his back playing dead. And Anytime the trainer got near. Anytime the yeah. trainer got near him. So they had that red flag in the back of their mind, but they said, well, this person's a professional. And they continued in the class when perhaps they should have yeah. dropped out. Yeah. Go, they should have gone with their gut. Yeah. yeah. Feel right. And if when the trainer is handling the dog while you're watching the class, while you're observing, if the dog has a problem, how is the instructor handling it? Is she communicating clearly with the dog that's having the issue? Obviously, if a dog is throwing a temper tantrum and rolling on the ground and screaming and hollering, it doesn't necessarily mean the trainer's being too rough. It may be 
you know, the the dog's been allowed to get away with everything, and now the trainer's saying, no, stop. I think in situations like that, also does the trainer have help? Yes. Is there other assistance there to, to whether it's assistant handling the dog or the trainer, but somebody to speak up and explain what is going, going on? Going on, right. And what is the end result? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yes. Does the dog end up sitting in front going, oh, okay, I got it. That's what you wanted. I tend to have a higher degree of uh, temper tantrums be in the puppy class. Sure. Yeah. Because it's yeah. often the first time they're hearing, no, you can't. Right. What? I'm cute. Right. But I, I want to end up with a puppy that goes, oh, okay, these are the new rules. Okay, I got it. And it's happy right. to do it. So right. there's a resolution. If that doesn't happen, it's most unsatisfying for me as well mm-hmm. as the student. And, yeah, the puppy owner goes, hey, I love that puppy. What are you doing to that puppy? Mm-hmm. So clear communication. And keeping the other students safe. We, again, another behavioral consult was a dog that was reactive to other dogs. It's like, did you ever go to a group class? Yes, we did. Did he have problems with the other dogs? Yes. So what did the instructor of that class do? Well, they just kept us apart. Did they ever deal with it? No. It just kept us apart. So, and there is a place for it, too. We had a King Corsa in class that, you know, there was no question he was reactive, and we wanted to keep everybody safe. But we gradually, by the end of seven weeks, he was integrated in the class. Yes, he Mm -hmm. was. We didn't spend seven weeks keeping him separate. If his problem is being around other dogs, then you have to deal with that problem. You just can't Mm -hmm. say, don't let them get near each other. Or, Mm -hmm. on the other hand... If the dog is not able to integrate, do you offer him another training alternative? Yeah. You know, hey, he's not safe in a group class. Let's talk about some private training so that you can manage him better. Because, there, as you said, there's that responsibility to the other people in class also. And yeah. not every dog is capable of doing a One of the things class. that's become popular is um, reactive dog classes, mm-hmm. where it's composed primarily or almost entirely of dogs that, are, that have an issue with other dogs or other people. And that's what they're there to work on. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So then everybody knows that and everybody's keeping their dog apart. I went to what should have been a college-level dog course in, in dogs dancing with dogs. And as a matter of course, all of the dogs and people were kept 10, 15 feet away from each other or crated. Which at that level of training shouldn't shouldn't have been. It's like, no, either this is a college-level dog course where the dog should be Mm well-behaved or it's a reactive dog course. But yeah, I was was not happy. Sure. Because we actually spent more time dealing with reactive dogs than we did on what the topic of the class should have been. Right. Yeah. And what else should people be looking for if while observing the class? The, the yes. looks on the people's faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch yeah. the students. Do they have the interest of the instructor or vice versa? The instructor keeping the interest of the students. Um, she changing it up. You know, like we do, we instruct and they sit for a little bit and then we bring them out and they practice. And then we bring them back down, they sit and we talk a bit and then come out and practice, you know. Are they doing something like that? We mm-hmm. sit too long and it's like glassy-eyed, gone. No one's paying attention. Dogs are uh, are getting all antsy. and The mind retains what the butt endures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't sit for too long. And I guess where the class is held is important. I've always had a dread of those that are held on asphalt parking lots. Yeah, it's in the summer, and then it's a parking lot. Mm. And I know it can be really hard to find a, 
a place, a facility to train. Mm, it's tough. I want my dog's paws burned. No, mm-hmm. no. Are you sitting in that hot yeah. asphalt? And we're there? talking San Diego, which is, you know, mild, mild sure. temperament most right. of the time. Right. Just about any place else. Yeah. With extremes <laughs> of temperature. I mean, we're fortunate that we can do it outside most of the time on grass. Right. Right. But I think in most other places, they are indoors. At least in the winter. Or protected yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is, you know, during the season, it's hot. Do you have water? Do they have water accessible for the dogs? The shade? For I'll dogs and people. Dog, yeah. Right. Or accessible to you. We've had mm-hmm. people come in electric wheelchairs. Sure. And they are able to get onto our field and move around. But mm-hmm. um, if that's an issue for you, you need to check on it. Mm-hmm. Another good reason to go see for yourself. Right. See what's going on. What's We've happening. had a few people do that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I can maneuver here. This is work. I can do this. Right. Yeah. If they're very little unstable. Yeah. It's doable. Yep. Go look for yourself. And follow your gut. If they won't let you come watch a class. Yeah. There's a problem. They'll find somebody else. Now, granted, you should not expect to observe an entire six, seven, eight-week course. That's auditing it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you should be able to come and see a couple different weeks of the same class. Like Petra said, maybe the second and the sixth or mm-hmm. something like that. So you can see progress. So you can see change. Don't take advantage. We have had some people that wanted to watch more subsequent weeks. And then, well, that's taking advantage. I often get asked what our ratio of students to instructors is. Which is one instructor or assistant instructor to four to five students. Mm-hmm. It's what we try to keep. So they'll say, well, how large is the class? And I'll say, yeah, average class, 14 to 15. And there's a, <gasps> and I say, but we also typically have at least three, if not six, trainers out there. Right. Instructors mm-hmm. to help you. Mm-hmm. So, and then we can bring in more. We can also split up the classes. So mm-hmm. we have options to deal with it all. Well, I hope that's given you some things to think about. I think one of the biggest points we want to make is keep an open mind. Go listen to referrals. Oh, you know what I was just thinking? What? What training tools they use. Like they use one technique, period. Right. Like we heard recently. Oh, no, they just use buckle collars. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for everybody. There's a trainer in our area that only uses head halters. Yeah. Right. Well, that doesn't work for every breed or every dog. You know, or right. every temperament or every person. Yeah. Right. So, you know, are they open to different type of training tools, mm-hmm. depending on the personality? I the think dog the only breed? thing we say absolutely never, ever, no, not allowed are retractable leashes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we do yeah. not allow those on the field. We will take them away from you. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. And, and then we will discuss. We'll talk about, we'll get to know you and your dog. And use Petra's favorite saying. So how's that That's, working for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just the other day on one of my dog internet chat groups was the discussion of dog training, science, or art. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Hopefully. Yeah, I really do. Now, nowadays, a craft. A lot of trainers like to use it's science-based dog training. Well, science isn't the answer to everything. Mm-mm. Science gives us an understanding, but then we have to use the artistic part to look at the owner, the individual owner, their situation, the dog, the dog's temperament, the dog's experiences, the owner's goals, and all of the above. The craft is in the mixing of all of that. Right. Having a lot of tools 
scientifically available. <laughs> but the craft is in finding the right mix for each dog and know, owner, right? Each, each setup. Which also, yeah. you know what? And I'm just another one just popped my head. Oh, <laughs> I know. Um, there is some place nearby that has their students train, oh, teach the classes. Yeah. Oh. It's like, really? I don't think after seven, eight weeks, nine, I don't know how long their training session is. They're I ready to say, teach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, personally, it was me out there looking. I probably would just not go there. I'm not a big on the uh, number of initials behind someone's name or what group they belong to. Mm-hmm. But I would like some explanation of how they've come to the knowledge they have and how they got it and what they do with it. Right. And if someone who's inexperienced is teaching, because everybody's got to start somewhere, is there an experienced instructor standing there at their elbow helping? Yes. Because we do have our apprentices start by teaching one exercise at a time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they flub it up, but we all have to start somewhere. Student teachers. Student teachers. But when we have... A student teacher out there or in a young apprentice, new apprentice, there's an experienced trainer standing at her elbow going, let's backtrack a step. You missed a step. Let's go to this and this and this. And so the students who are paying to attend the class know that they're getting correct information, even if there's an inexperienced trainer there. Yep. So, all right. Well, unless Reminds another thought pops into Petra's head. <laughs> For some reason, I was just thinking of the student that came. She wanted to be a trainer, hired, oh. so we said, you'll have to come through a class so we can see you work. Yeah. She, she had gotten her degree off the Internet. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. We didn't take her. No, she could not control her own dog. No. But we did have one that did do the exact same thing and came through class and was not one of the better dogs in through class. Barely made it. Barely made it. Yeah, Barely yeah. made it. Anyway, proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. Listen to your referrals. Get a number of referrals, see which trainer's name keeps popping up. Go watch a couple of different trainers. Make sure you're comfortable. Listen to how the exercises are being taught and practiced. Watch the demo dog. And some of the highest praise that I've ever gotten from students are things like, I want to have that relationship with my dog that I see you trainers have with your dogs. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yes, that's what yeah. I want for you too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And good luck. Happy training. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.